Today's scripture reading comes from Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44. You can also follow along on page 8 of your bulletins. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in the groups in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to be set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. This is the word of God. Well, I've got 10 minutes. That's laughable. <laughs> I just feel I should preach longer than I drove here. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm already lost two minutes. Well, praise God. It's good to be here, Metro. I know so many faces, so many new faces. It's always special for the old faces, um, but when I see people I don't know at Metro, that's a blessing because it's just evidence of how God is killing the force glory in East Falls. So let's jump in. I'm in the book of Mark. I'll do some talking about Pastor Donnie in a hot minute in this next section, but I'm in the book of Mark. It was already read, chapter 6. I'm reading from the CSB, the I call it the Camden Street Bible <laughs> version of the Bible, and it's been read, so I'm not going to reread it. I just want to dive in. I'll read piece for piece as I roll out. And so the title of my sermon is The Compassionate Grind That Satisfies. Let me just lay this out. So when you think about Mark in the book, in, in his book, it's as if he has a Twitter account because he's like 140 characters and then the next word is immediately. And so it seems like Jesus is just on his grind. In the, in the hood we would say on his grind, maybe here you would say, you know, being a great steward of his time. <laughs> in the hood we would just say he grinding. And so Jesus was grinding for lost souls. Jesus was grinding to bring glory to the Father. And when we get to this place and throughout the text, but this place particularly, it's about his compassion. And now compassion in the Bible is different than the goofy thing we use for compassion. We use compassion for, 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 for pretty witch sitcoms. They were compassionate witches. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, so compassion, I want you to hear, is it's an inner feeling. 
based on the pain of another. In other words, it is like seeing a helpless, homeless, hungry person and you feeling helpless, hopeless, and hungry like you're feeling his pain. And so Jesus has a compassionate one where he can sympathize, understand, and feel the pain we're feeling, and he has a grind. He keeps it rolling to bring glory to the Father and reach lost souls. And the beauty of it for the lost soul, it satisfies. My first point then is, so Jesus is now, the first, in verse 30, it says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught, and he said to them, come away by yourselves to a remote place for a while. For many people were coming and going, they did not even have time to eat. So they went away in a boat to a remote place, but many saw them leaving and recognized them and ran on foot to the towns. Let me give you this first picture. I call this, um, this consideration. So what's happened is they just got finished dealing with John the Baptist being beheaded, Jesus didn't even have time to go to the repast. He had no time to mourn. He had no time to cry. He had to get back up and grind. And then when he says, let's go away for a second, as soon as he gets away, folk must have had their iPhones and taken pictures. He was trending on Twitter and Facebook. They looked at the phone and looked at him, found him. And even when he tried to get away, he couldn't get away. In the midst of mourning, his dead friend, John the Baptist, he can't even escape for a second. And then this beautiful picture. And so there, I, I want to give you context. There's thousands and thousands upon thousands. They say the text says 5,000 men. So if we just take into account that 5,000 of them had wives, then we're at 10,000. And if they all had one child, we're at 15,000. So when you see 5,000, I don't want you to see 5,000. I want you to see 15,000. I want you to see downtown by the Eagles when they won. I want you to see a fraction of what was downtown after the Super Bowl. That's who was following Jesus. And so the first idea is Christ's compassion must be our compassion. Look at verse 34. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and had compassion. John the Baptist is just dead. He can't get away. But yet his response because of his saving, beautiful graciousness is not, y'all better get up out of here because if it was Doug Logan, I'm telling Peter, get the car. We go into another hotel. <laughs> Jesus didn't do that. Jesus says, listen, Peter, pull the car over. Let me love on the folk for a minute. And I bet you Peter was a frustrated and annoyed. But can I tell you, when... We serve here in East Falls. Our response to hurting people, even though they get on our nerves, pastors, it must be laced in the beautiful, loving beauty modeled by Christ. It must be our compassion because our compassion is bootleg. Our compassion is often false annoyance. Our compassion is Christianity with ketchup on it. Our compassion is often weak and lazy and complacent, but Christ's compassion is bold and beautiful, and it looks at filthiness and raggediness and still smiles and takes joy with. That's the compassion Jesus had after the loss of his friend, after being exhausted and frustrated. His compassion was still for hurting people. I tell you, East Falls, I tell you, Metro, you're not going to get far if you don't have compassion for people who hate you. You got to have compassion because Christ's compassion must be our compassion. I'm doing good. Look at the clock. 6.15. Whoa. And can I tell you, people ought to give you energy. You shouldn't be a pastor if people wear you out. 
I said it. If people get on your nerves, stop pastoring. Get a computer job. Work for Phoenix University. Online school. But if you're going to be a pastor, you got to deal with people who hate you, people who wear you out, people who will love you for a while and then hate you when they don't get their way. And we are not tempered by their attitude. We're tempered by the cross. We're tempered by Christ. We're driven by the Holy Ghost in all we do. So our compassion, on my most tired day, I got to have compassion. On the most frustrating day, I can tell you Moses had a little frustration one time. And on that day, and his compassion didn't match Christ's compassion. And God didn't let him enter even into the promised land. We must be tempered by Jesus. Second point, Christ's compassion must fuel our compassion. Look at verse 35. So I'll go down from 34, because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. Verse 35, when it grew late, his disciples approached him and said, this place is a deserted place, and it's already late. Send them away so that they can go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy them something to eat. So Christ's compassion must fuel our passion. Let me say this. So what's happening here is the apostles are looking at 15,000 people and all they got is a lunchbox and a little value pack that they got from the drive-thru at McDonald's in Jerusalem. So they only bought a 20-piece nugget, but it was 15,000 folk. And so Jesus is preaching, folk getting healed, all of this stuff carrying on. These are poor people, so they've journeyed a long way. Can I tell you, when poor people made the journey for Jesus, they didn't have enough money just to, you know, to buy whole food stuff and make it. Man, there wasn't no Wawa's on the road. There was nothing. So you packed what you could without a refrigerator, and you journeyed with everything to see this Jesus. You came with all you had. You traveled through roads with no rest stops, no lights. Animals and raiders would catch people on the road, murder them, chop them up, take them into slavery. And that's what they were willing to risk to get to Jesus. These folk were willing to risk to get to Jesus. And notice Jesus' response to them is compassion, and the apostles' response to them is annoyance. Jesus, get them folk up out of here. Send them to Panera and let them get their own food. Because we don't have no bread for them here. Matter of fact, I need a break. Walking Dead is coming on in a minute. Jesus, you need to get them up out of here because I don't feel like being bothered with them right now. This is what they're saying. Doug Logan translation. <laughs> Send them away so they can go into the surrounding countryside and the villages. See, I say it was Panera because we don't have no Panera in the hood, so it wasn't the hood. It was the suburbs. It was like Plymouth meeting. <laughs> Verse 37. I love Jesus' response in the CSB. You give them something to eat, he responded. I just imagine Jesus saying, Joker, you give them something to eat. They responded to him, should we go 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? Verse 38, he asked them, how many loaves do we have? So our response to hurting people in East Falls, Maniunk, Roxborough, can't be annoyance. Can't be annoyance. If it's annoyance, we need to first repent, and then we need to check our calling. Can I tell you, if you're here and you know Jesus, you were a beggar on the road that was annoying. 
But Jesus didn't see you as annoying. He saw you as an opportunity to throw some grace on you and to throw his Holy Ghost in you to transform you. And don't you ever become no stingy, annoyed disciple. You stay grateful for the gift of salvation. And from that gratefulness outflows the fuel of compassion for people who have less than you. And I'm not talking about material. I'm talking about that too. But I'm talking about salvation. Don't you become a spiritual brat. Get your salvation and it's my salvation and I'll cry if I want to. No. Don't be stingy. Be generous. Empty your heart for those who are the least, the last, and the lost in these falls. Empty everything you've got on this city. That Jesus' name might be the most famous. The eagle's name is famous, but I can't wait for the day when they come running out of houses to celebrate Jesus like they did. I can't wait for the day when we rally together around Jesus like that. And I'm praying that this crazy little mixed-up Asian Everything kind of church is crazy enough to go hard for black folk and white folk because y'all don't got our baggage and take the gospel to anywhere and might it be, but it's got to look like Jesus. It can't look like, it can't look like Kim's barbecue all the time. It might need to look like cheesesteak. And so I praise God that you're fueled by Jesus. So you're willing to tweak to make it look and demonstrate God's grace in this area. But Christ's compassion must fuel our compassion. Christ's compassion must give us comfort. I'll land the plane here. Look at verse 42. Everyone ate and was satisfied. What happens is Jesus says, no, you feed them. This is what he says. He says, what do we have? They said, we don't have enough. He says, well, what do we have? A couple of biscuits and a couple of pieces of whiting, some fishing loaves. Jesus takes that, blesses it, breaks it, and gives it out for distribution. I want you to see we're a small church right now with hopes for more churches. However, Jesus can take your little bit of something and do more with it with his touch than you could ever do with your hands. Jesus can take your little church in East Falls, your 100 or 200 folk, and turn that into some sort of evangelistic revival that will bring about a new church in Cherry Hill, a new church in Wales, a new church here, a new church here, partnerships here, this, that, and the other, and now least lost and last are saved, and you don't even know what happened because Jesus can take your little something and make it a big something for his namesake because of his beautiful compassion. But let me tell you, Christ's compassion must give you comfort. Why? Everyone ate and was satisfied. Is it enough to serve Jesus, look like Jesus, be modeled after Jesus, and see folk come to Jesus? Might that be enough? See, sometimes folk ain't satisfied with satisfying people. They always want more. I'm telling you, it's a good funeral Pastor Donnie will have when he spent his life preaching the gospel and people came to know Jesus. That's enough because what satisfies Jesus must satisfy us. It's a good funeral when you die having preached your life to see Christ's name formed 
in people who didn't know him, to be formed in people who hated him. So Christ's compassion must give us comfort, and it must satisfy. So Christ's compassion satisfies. What I want you to see here is in the midst of all this, it's the compassionate grind that satisfies because of the huge abundance of Jesus's grace for broken people like us to do extraordinary things that we can't explain. Father, we thank you for your word and we pray that you would have your way in the rest of our gathering. We celebrate such a beautiful occasion today, the occasion of installation, ordination, gospel advancement, um, friends gathered. We see so many faces um, that are here in support and love to celebrate your, your, your work in Jesus' name. So we celebrate together and we look forward to the launching of many different churches and locations and sites that we would gather again on another auspicious occasion to celebrate what you're doing in Metro. Have your way. Be glorified now in Christ's name. Amen.